Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Thursday, February 10th. Coming up on the show today, the Nashville Predators finally get back on the ice. Josh Ward from WNML in Knoxville is going to talk Lady Vols, Rick Barnes, and Tennessee basketball, as well as has Tennessee learned its lesson from the Auburn Tigers. But we begin with some prop bets and some strategies on how to gamble on the Super Bowl. The Kingston Group is donating its title sponsor of the show for this week to a wonderful organization here in Middle Tennessee called Our Kids. It's a Nashville nonprofit that provides expert medical evaluation and crisis counseling in response to concerns about child sexual abuse. One of our most important and most popular events has been Soup Sunday every single February. We've got dozens of the best chefs in Nashville competing to see who can make the best soup in the city, all under one roof at Nissan Stadium, coming up in two Sundays. Again, that's February 20th. Eat some of the best soups in town, gorge yourself on the most creative and unique flavors you'll ever taste, and of course, help Middle Tennessee kids in need while you're doing it. It's extremely family-friendly. Kids can get in for five bucks. It's just a killer event for all ages. Get your tickets today at OurKidsCenter.com. They usually sell out, and only a 1,000 are available, so definitely only while supplies last. That's OurKidsCenter.com. Eat great food and help our kids. It's a no-brainer. With it being Thursday and all, I guess the Super Bowl is just a couple of days away. And before we get into an actual analysis and breakdown of the game that we're going to have for you on Friday, let me just give you my strategy on how to gamble on the Super Bowl. Now, I am not a gambling expert. I'm a football expert. But I have done pretty well at picking championship games of late. I had money in February, last February, on the Georgia Bulldogs to win the national championship. I have money down and a slip to prove it on the Los Angeles Rams to win the Super Bowl in April. I think I was on the airwaves all across Nashville trying to tell people that for many, many, many months. However, I do think there's a fun strategy to deploy when gambling on the Super Bowl. And it's really not overly difficult. Number one rule for me, play the straight bets straight. If you like Cincinnati to win outright, take them on the money line plus the whatever, 165, 170. I would never bet against Joe Burrow. I have the Rams winning, of course, in a futures bet. But right now today, I have money on the Bengals to win outright. So take the value there. Don't worry about the four and a half. Go with the outright victory if you think they're the better team. If you think the Rams are the better team, go ahead, lay the four and a half points, I suppose. Either way, play the main bets smart. When it comes to any time touchdown scores, I've got a big belief. Taking one of each. Take one sure thing and take one long shot. I've got Jamar Chase to score a touchdown at basically even odds, but I've got Joe Burrow at almost 5 or 6-1 to one to score a touchdown. He's way more athletic than people think. I think the Bengals are going to be around the goal line enough, and all it takes is one naked bootleg, one quarterback sneak, or one busted play for Joe Burrow to sneak in and for me to take 6-1 to one odds home. I also throw a couple Hail Marys out there. Maybe it's a, a three- or four-player parlay to score touchdowns. The one I like in particular is the second-tier receivers because I think a lot of focus is going to be on Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. So give me Odell Beckham more than 25-yard reception. Give me T. Higgins more than a 30-yard reception as a combo bet. I think both of those guys could have some big plays. Both teams like to take shots down the field. So going after a couple of receivers that should be playing against second-tier corners – in a game that I think is going to have some points in the second half, play a few long shots that will give you some really good value. And of course, have some fun. Find some stupid nonsense to bet on. Last year, I had money on a fat guy touchdown and stupid Joe Haig dropped the football. It was a perfect play. Have you ever yelled fat guy touchdown at your four-year-old? Because I have. How about a doink off the uprights? That's another great one. If you ever want to make extra points and field goals far more important than they really are, put a few dollars down on a football bouncing off of an upright. 
blocked punts, big returns, safeties. Find something fun that you like about the game and put a few bucks on it and let it roll. Again, this is my strategy for gambling on the Super Bowl. I place the big bet on the team I think is going to win. In this case, it would be Cincinnati. And then throw some stuff at the wall, have some fun. Not a huge amount of money, but just put some stuff down on some value plays to have a good time. This is my big game buffet. Smart strategy mixed with pure entertainment and, of course, a lot of chicken wings. It is Thursday morning, so we welcome Josh Ward to the show. Josh underscore Ward on the Twitters. WNML in Knoxville. Josh, I'm going to start with the Lady Vols this morning on the show. What is the what is the thing I should be asking you about this program? Obviously, they've lost a few games. The UConn game, not what people wanted, but they've been pretty good. Like, what am I supposed to ask you about the Lady Vols right now? Yeah, because at the beginning of the season, if I told you the Lady Vols would be in the position that they're in, I think everybody would have said, hey, great job to get to that point heading into the middle of February. But because the Lady Vols went on such an impressive run to be unbeaten for so long in SEC play and now to fall back to this position, it's created concern. The first question I would ask is, can you get everybody back on board in the direction you thought they were heading a few weeks ago? You you can't just say... Jordan Horston, can you take us somewhere? Got to take care of the basketball, got to hit shots, the typical got to do this to win that in basketball, especially against good opponents. But I think going into the week, fans were still saying, hey, this is our chance to show we've got UConn finally. And it did not work out that way. So I'd say the first question is, can you get everybody back on board? Then that would also include fans, because I think fans were starting to buy in on Kelly Harper and Tennessee and where things were headed. And as you know, fans can change their minds very quickly. So they still want to see this team succeed and and support a former player now as the head coach. But there's been some frustration over the last couple of weeks. Uh, on the men's side, obviously a little bit of a run here in the SEC. Saturday against Vanderbilt. That game was weird and chippy and strange in Nashville. What do you make of the matchup on Saturday night? I think it'll be a good one. Um, I think with what's been going on in Nashville, the way Scottie Pippen Jr. has been, you know, he came into the season with, high expectations, but the way he's been playing and the team has played better than most people would have expected. Look at the last two to three seasons, including this year, you've seen steady progress, I think. And Tennessee goes in to a game with Vanderbilt saying, hey, we own Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt shouldn't see it that way. They should see it. Hey, we've been down. Let's take it back. So with a long winning streak on Tennessee's side, Tennessee's still trying to figure some things out with a new look rotation because of Olivia Kamwa's injury and a big slate of games coming up. Tennessee has Kentucky next. You have an Auburn game to come, two games against Arkansas. Tennessee has to make sure it doesn't just look at Vanderbilt and say, hey, we've been the better team. We own them. We'll take care of business. It could play out that way, and I think Tennessee should win the game at home, but I think it should be a good game. How concerning is is the injury to the front court? You're now... Are you now asking this team to play smaller all season the rest of the way? Is that what's going to happen? Probably so. Let's see over the next few weeks what the response is from young players, guys that have size and potential. Brendan Huntley Hatfield, who's played some. Jonas Adu was highly touted coming in, but is not factored in this year. Let's see there. But there had already been talk of, okay, maybe more small ball with Josiah Jordan-James at the four. And then this injury happens to the guy that I actually like the best at the five in their small ball lineup. So Olivier is a loss. So John Fulkerson has to step up. Rebounding the basketball is going to be key. Uh, I don't think much changes in terms of what Tennessee can do offensively because that lineup with Josiah at the four is their best offensive threat. 
but defensively rebounding the basketball, you know, matchup against Auburn, it was already going to be tough. Now it becomes tougher. Those are some things Tennessee has to figure out better to figure out, figure it out now, try to figure it out at least instead of three weeks from now when it's tournament time and there's no margin for error, you can allow some right now. You just need to figure it out by the time you get to March football organization we're watching auburn melt down before our very eyes and this was the problem with tennessee for a long time it, it seems like we've talked for about a year and some change now that 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 problem might have been fixed at least maybe precariously and temporarily do you believe that the organizational alignment for tennessee football from university boosters president chancellor down to ad to coach do you think it has been solved and it has been stabilized in a, in a more permanent fashion I think so. Uh, I, I think having Josh Heupel as the head coach with his former AD at his previous stop now at Tennessee, and you would expect that there is a long-term buy-in from both of them in Knoxville, that should make you feel better. Now, part of the conversation, while still waiting on the on-field results when Jeremy Pruitt was the head coach and Philip Fulmer was the AD, it didn't last long, but the conversation was, hey, you don't hear about too many problems, and then things change. So I don't have to tell Tennessee fans that – you always have to be on guard. But my answer is yes. I think that the administration sees Danny White as the athletic director and says, hey, we have a guy that is really good in this position. And we have Josh Heupel, who is really respected as a coach and did a really good job in year one, considering what the expectations were. And we don't have any problems that he's creating. Let him do his job. And then you hope the results get better in the future. And that will be the ultimate test. You win games. That will be what decides whether fans are happy or not. And if you're not winning games, then all of a sudden they start getting mad at people who aren't necessarily responsible. But right now and moving forward, I would say to Tennessee's fan base, you should like the people that are in charge and feel comfortable with them leading the way. What a strange phenomenon and place to be, Josh. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend, at Josh underscore Ward, WNML in Knoxville. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Do you hear that? All the Tennessee fans knocking on wood. Thanks, Brent. Yes, that's exactly what it is. After having more than a week off, the Nashville Predators were back on the ice on Wednesday evening against the Dallas Stars on the road. It was a back-and-forth game, basically goal after goal, trading seven consecutive goals between the two teams. 4-3, Dallas wins in regulation. And what I thought was interesting was the style of play that Dallas brought to the table. They're a tough physical team. We know the history between these two franchises and two teams and the way they play. It's one of the few teams that likes to clog up the neutral zone, play a physical style that actually really does match up well with John Hines' 200-foot four-check game. So if, if you want to learn anything from that matchup, I don't think it's a huge deal, but it does tell you that that sort of style of game will match up well with this particular Predators team moving forward. For a lot more information and a lot more conversation on the Philip Forsberg contract, of course, recent trade deadline talks by David Poyle, uh, among other things, lots of stuff. Every single week, the gold standard out every single Thursday covering your Nashville Predators. Everywhere you get your podcasts, of course, Jeremy K. Gover will be live from the Super Bowl on the gold standard. So can't wait to talk with him. Make sure you check out that show. Rate, review, subscribe. Gold standard everywhere podcasts are found. As a reminder, of course, the 440 is brought to you this week by Our Kids Soup Sunday event coming up February the 20th. The best chefs and best restaurants in Nashville competing dozens and dozens of soups for you to try. Tickets are $25. OurKidsCenter.com. They're on sale. Supplies are limited. Again, that's February 20th, Soup Sunday. All of the proceeds benefiting Our Kids, of course, a nonprofit specializing in child sexual abuse here in Nashville. And of course, again, special thanks to the Kingston Group for donating their time on this show to the wonderful folks at Our Kids. 
Thank you guys all for listening. Check out the social pages as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that great stuff. Please share the product. Tell somebody about it. We really, really appreciate it. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on the Twitters at Braden Gall. Again, thank you all for listening. This has been the 440 for Thursday, February 10th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.